Hello and welcome to this week's recording of the Worcester News, brought to you by the Worcester News and the Equipment for the Blind. We're featuring news from Wednesday, March the 10th until Thursday, March the 16th. I am Sally Rowe and my husband Ian will be reading with me and John Plush is our sound engineer. Thank you for listening to our contribution and a particular welcome to Hilary Plested, a new listener. Welcome, Hilary. We always welcome feedback for our service and this can be done by putting a note in your wallet at any time. Our thought for the week as we approach Easter is from John 11. Jesus said to Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die and whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she replied. I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, who is to come into the world. The sunrise this week is 6.18am and the sunset is 6.15pm. Now we shall start um, our reading of the news, uh, first with the headline stories followed by some general articles from the week's news and a couple of sports items. Uh, the obituaries will be our final contribution. This week, there have been some shocking headlines with details of a sexual and violent nature, which some listeners may find distressing. We are duty bound to read every article in full, but the headline will alert you if you wish to fast forward at any time. I'll now pass you over to Ian, who will read the first headline story for Wednesday, the 10th of March. City murder arrest after woman dies. A murder investigation has been launched following the death of a woman inside a house in a city street. Officers were called to an address in Green Lane, Worcester, just after 10.40am yesterday, and a woman in her 60s was pronounced dead at the scene. A woman in her 40s was arrested on suspicion of murder and taken into police custody. She remained in custody as the Worcester News went to print last night. Meanwhile, an elderly woman, described by eyewitnesses as being in her 90s, was carefully led away from the scene and was said to be in a state of shock. Police wanted to reassure the public that the death was thought to be an isolated incident and there was no cause for alarm. Detective Inspector Dave Knight said, We have officers in the area providing reassurance to the local community, but we believe this to be an isolated incident. One neighbour described hearing the arrested woman shout, I've killed my mum, as she was calmly led away by a police officer holding each arm. Another neighbour told our reporter of hearing screams and shouts coming from inside the house before armed police arrived to secure the scene. Another resident said the first time they knew something was happening was when the air was filled with the shrill sound of emergency vehicle sirens. No one reported hearing any firearms being discharged. Scene of crime officers, Socos, arrived in the street at around midday yesterday 
and was seen conducting a detailed sweep at the front of the property on hands and knees and a line of evidence markers led up the street away from the house. Police then focused their inquiries inside the house while the street was still cautioned off. A bag later emerged with an unidentifiable item inside which was taken for safekeeping in the back of one of West Mercia Police's forensic vans. By mid-afternoon, schoolchildren had started to gather on either side of the cordon to see what was happening and neighbours excitedly chatted with each other. One said, this is a quiet area, you don't expect something like this to happen. For updates on this incident and more crime news, see worcesternews.co.uk. Vile city paedophile finally behind bars. A sick city pervert who had vile sexual images of children as young as two being raped is now behind bars after costing taxpayers thousands. Depraved Joshua Bone of Worcester dragged his heels admitting downloading the ghastly images from the dark web before attempting to deny responsibility even instructing experts in a cynical attempt to escape justice. As a result, it has taken four years from the date of his offences to his final admissions and sentence at Worcester Crown Court yesterday. Judge Nicholas Cartwright, who jailed him for 50 weeks, said Bone's actions in the protracted history of the case showed his lack of remorse and that he could not be rehabilitated in the community sending him straight to jail instead. The 29-year-old of Toulouse Drive, Norton, Worcester, admitted making 21 indecent images of children at category A, the worst kind, between February the 17th and April the 17th, 2017. He also admitted making two indecent images at category B and three at category C, all but two images were videos rather than stills. An aggravating feature of the case, as with a number of children being abused and the ages of the children described as so desperately young and vulnerable by the judge. Judge Cartwright described some of the films in open court, details which are too graphic to report in full. He told the court some of the videos were around an hour long with titles like Lolita, and four-year-old and showed children suffering penetrative sexual abuse. One video recorded the rape of a two-year-old girl and another showed a girl of 10 tied to a bench and being sexually assaulted. Some showed children being abused by more than one adult and others displayed compilations and different children being molested. The children being abused were aged two, four, six, 10, 11, and 13 years old. The defendant, who showed no emotion when he learned he was going to prison, said himself in an interview, it's the dark web for a reason, it's horrible. Judge Cartwright said, the offences relating to the viewing, making of and distribution of these sorts of images is always regarded as so serious because these are real children against whom the most dreadful sexual offences such as those I have just described are actually being carried out and filmed so that these films 
can be circulated to people who have an interest in viewing such things. He also said that without men like Bone downloading these images, there would be no demand and it was the demand which drove the supply and therefore fueled the abuse. Andrew Wilkins, prosecuting, said the matter came to court following a search of Bone's home in July 2017, following a police investigation into a website known as Paradise Village. During that search, officers seized a Dell computer where the images were found. Mr Wilkins said he was interviewed about the matter in July and October 2017. The proceedings started in April 2018 and it has taken a very long time to get to this stage. Daniel Oscroft, defending, asked Bone to be given credit for his guilty pleas. I concede on his behalf that it's late, he said. He said at that time the defendant's life was falling apart. He was abusing drink and drugs. He had a poisonous relationship with his family and his partner left him. Judge Cartwright ordered Bone to pay a £2,000 contribution towards costs because of the large number of hearings caused because of the defendant declining to admit his guilt. The judge told him, this represents only a small fraction of the total cost to the taxpayer because the court has obviously been involved on all these occasions and a significant sum has been expended upon which turned out to be totally unnecessary. Expert reports that have been pursued and pursued by you despite the fact that when you were first interviewed about this matter, you admitted that you had viewed the images on your computer. This amount must be paid back over two years. Judge Cartwright also imposed a sexual harm prevention order for 10 years. This restricts Bone's use of, this, of his internet and devices and his contact with children. As a convicted sex offender, he is now also subject to notification requirements for a period of 10 years. Bone can expect to serve half his sentence in custody and half in the community on licence. Upskirter filmed 250 city women. An upskirting pervert filmed 250 women in Worcester using a camera hidden in his shoe. Richard Wiley filmed up the skirts of victims, recording 6,000 images of buttocks and genitals in Worcester High Street using a GoPro camera concealed in the toe of his shoe. A 16-year-old girl raised the alarm at H&M in Worcester on August 16th, 2019, after she heard the camera click, bringing his depraved campaign to an end, which has included recording women having sex in their homes. The 32-year-old admitted voyeurism, two charges of recording an image under clothing to observe without consent, and operating equipment beneath the clothing of another without consent. The photos were taken mainly in Worcester, but also in Malvern and Stourbridge between June the 26th and August the 15th, 2019. Ralph Robbins Landricum, prosecuting, said the 16-year-old who raised the alarm noticed Wiley passing near her in the shop while she looked at clothes and later saw him rushing towards the bottom of the escalator before he stood close to her on the next step down, holding his mobile phone in his right hand. She then stated, 
she heard a clicking sound which she associated with the taking of a picture on her mobile phone, said the prosecutor. She saw the camera app was visible on his mobile phone but did not challenge him. However, she returned to the shop and was able to give a description of him to police. His movements were traced using Worcester City Centre CCTV to a building owned by the University of Worcester. Wiley was identified as subcontractor for the university who tested fire alarms. Police arrested him at Worcester Arena and his phone was seized. The GoPro camera had taken 6,436 images and officers identified 250 separate female victims. However, only the woman who reported him can be formally identified. An officer was able to identify almost all the locations as being in Worcester. A search of the company vehicle Wiley was using revealed two pairs of shoes with holes cut in the toes and an SD card which belonged to the defendant. On the card were 94 images and videos recorded through the windows of homes, including images of women either topless or in their underwear, and of women getting changed or in a state of undress, and also of a couple engaged in sexual intercourse. In interview, he stated that he was not targeting the girl in H&M, but that it was an opportunistic moment and that he had viewed upskirting videos on a pornography website. He stated he did not want to say how long he had been doing this, as he's ashamed. The father has also told his partner about what he had done, but not anyone else. He said he felt sick when he learned the girl in the shop was only 16, said Mr Robbins Landricombe. When he was told by police that there were 6,436 images recorded on the GoPro, Riley replied, Jesus, that's horrible. He stated he never took photographs of people he knew. They were always strangers. Wiley has also been having private counselling to address his behaviour. He told officers his actions were motivated by excitement, but that the excitement soon wore off. He denied being sexually aroused by the photos. When he was told there were 250 different female victims, he replied, I would have to take your word for it. I have no idea how many there are. That's more than I thought. Wiley, who had no previous convictions, stated he did not target teenagers or blondes. He admitted he had cut a hole in, in the toe with a GoPro camera inside facing upwards. He would change his boots to the camera boots when he was going to take pictures, said the prosecutor. Magistrates deem the matter too serious for their jurisdiction. The case will next be heard at Worcester Crown Court on April the 9th. Wiley of Lavender Lane, Stourbridge, must sign the sex offender register in the meantime. A pre-sentence report will be prepared. He was granted unconditional bail until that hearing. Homophobic thug is jailed for assaults. A homophobic thug attacked a gay couple, one of them transgender, during a brutal group attack which left both victims in a hospital trauma unit and afraid to leave the safety of their homes. Asfandia Kani was jailed for nine years at Worcester Crown Court on Friday 
following the horrific attack in which one half of the young couple suffered a broken jaw in three places and the other suffered a broken nose. Kiani, 21, of Ludstock Close, Worcester, showed no emotion when he was told he must serve at least two-thirds of his nine-year sentence behind bars. Kiani's sentence comes a day after a life sentence was handed out for the murder of a transgender woman at the same court. Martin Saberi was given a life sentence after he finally admitted to killing Amy Griffiths at her flat in January 2019. Brandon Taylor, 19, who has a care address of St Paul's Hostel in Worcester, has yet to be sentenced for his role in the attack involving Kiani. The victims were mocked for wearing black nail varnish as the pair described them as a bit gay and sick, as well as making sexually offensive comments involving lube, what the judge was later to call homophobic and anti-transgender comments. The couple had been on their way to Morrison's in Malvern when they were set upon, even telling their attackers they were pacifists in a bid to quell the violence. Judge Nicholas Cartwright, sentencing, said, One of them ended up falling to his knees, pleading with you to stop. He was hit very hard in the face with what he thought was a knuckle duster. Punches and kicks were thrown at both men, which the judge said were delivered as hard as each of you could. At one point, the most seriously injured of the two men had his face smacked on the ground, and when his partner came to assist, he was also kicked. The most seriously injured of the two victims also suffered a gash to his temple. At the time of the attack in Malvern on September the 20th, 2019, Kiani was still under investigation for another group attack in Lowesmore, Worcester, in which another man was knocked unconscious. Kiani returned to steal his wallet while he was out cold in Black Horse Walk on March the 26th, 2019. Both of the Malvern victims are on the autistic spectrum and were knocked unconscious at various stages of the attack. Michael Aspinall said the man's jaw was broken in at least two places, his mother said three places, and he had to be placed on a liquid diet for eight weeks, was forced to give up work and had hoped to embark on an internship at Mencap, a role the judge described as close to his heart. The transgender victim suffered a broken nose. The victim of the GBH is reported a worsening short-term memory and according to his mum has become extremely withdrawn. The mother of one victim said, the attack has set him back massively to the point that he will not go out entirely and is virtually a prisoner in his house. Kiani was part of a group that offered to sell a man weed in Worcester city centre in March 2019. When the victim and his friend refused, they were set upon by a group of five men, including Kiani, who returned to steal one victim's wallet as he lay unconscious. Kiani was also sentenced for possession of cannabis with intent to supply on September the 7th, 2019. Judge Nicholas Cartwright made an uplift in the sentence to reflect the fact that the Malvern attack was motivated by and did demonstrate hostility based upon the sexual orientation of both victims and the transgender status of one of them. The judge told Kiani the victims of the attack 
were vulnerable on the account it was clear from their appearance that they were not straight. He said although all three victims were deserving of compensation, he could not make an order because of the length of the prison sentence. Straightener led to attack. A boxing coach who slapped a dad so hard he ended up in a coma with a permanent brain injury is behind bars. Jonathan Shaw was jailed for three years in dramatic scenes at Worcester Crown Court on Friday as his victim, Dave Paul Hannay, challenged his former friend's account of that fateful night. Shaw admitted grievous bodily harm, section 20, but on a basis that the complainant had tried to fight him and had threatened to stab him. However, after a trial of issue, the judge rejected the defendant's account. CCTV of the incident outside Keystones in Worcester in the early hours of November the 3rd, 2019, was also played in court. Shaw 30 of Mendip Close, Morven, can be seen in a white t-shirt and a flat cap leaning on a wall outside the bar in Copenhagen Street. Hanai, then aged 37, approaches him and the two talk. Shaw can be seen jabbing his finger in Mr Hanai's face. The defendant transfers a cigarette from his right hand to his left, which the prosecution said showed at least some degree of premeditation. Help us bring my dad home. A fundraiser to get a popular former Worcester teacher home from China after he suffered a devastating stroke has reached over £45,000 in just six hours. Claire Allison, 32, set up the fundraiser in a desperate attempt to get her beloved father, Bob Allison, 68, home for treatment. Mr Allison taught in Worcester schools for 40 years and had been working in a middle school in Yangtze, China, before suffering from a stroke on January the 4th this year. Miss Allison said that although her dad has had hospital treatment in Yangtze and is now in a rehab facility, she is desperate to get him back home to his family. She said, over the last few months of 2020, dad's health deteriorated significantly and he suffered from confusion and several accidents, culminating in this stroke at the very start of the year. Since January, he has been receiving treatment at Yangzhou Hospital, but despite two months of rehabilitation, he is still unable to stand or walk independently. The stroke has left him largely immobile on the left side of his body. He also has a worrying high blood platelet count leaving him at a high risk of having another stroke. He is also very low mentally, and I worry that the longer he is left there, the worse he will get. He is confused and depressed. He doesn't know why he can't come home. No matter how much I try to explain, I am trying my best. It is the recommendation of the Chinese hospital that he is transferred back to the UK as soon as possible in order to receive the best possible treatment. But with borders currently closed and the Chinese embassy not currently issuing entry visas, our best hope of getting him back to the UK is to go down an official repatriation route. However, with few commercial flights currently available 
and compulsory 14-day quarantine periods, this is likely to come at an extremely high cost. Unfortunately, my dad's employee insurance will not cover any repatriation costs and is unlikely to cover much of his outstanding medical bills from the past two months owing to pre-existing medical conditions. Whilst we are yet to receive the final bill, his medical bills to date are in the region of £12,000 and the repatriation fees look set to be in the region of thirty to £35,000, if not more. The GoFundMe page, Help Get Bob Allison Home, reached its goal of £40,000 within six hours. Miss Allison added, I am so overwhelmed by the generosity shown by the community. We didn't ever expect to take it off, take off like it has. We felt guilty for setting up the page. We wanted to fund the money ourselves, but with no end in sight and the mounting costs, we realised we needed help. I never dreamt that we would hit our goal in such a short amount of time. I am so grateful. This money will make a huge difference. It just goes to show how many people Dad touched during his career. It is such a relief to know that we can now do all we can to bring him home. We really appreciate it. Of course, in the event that donations received exceed the final bill, we will donate any surplus funds to the Stroke Association. We're now going to move on to uh, articles of general news. Help rebuild wall. An historic wall at Worcester Cathedral, which collapsed last month, is being repaired with an appeal for donations being launched. The wall, which supports the terracing in the West Gardens of the Cathedral, came down during February's storm Christophe, rain and wind, and needs to be rebuilt. The collapse also caused damage to a number of nearby trees and needs to be rebuilt so that gardens can open. To help fund the repairs, the Cathedral has launched an online fundraising appeal to help raise funds. As part of the appeal, titled Not Just Another Brick in the Wall, donors can have a virtual brick installed online with their name and message on to show their support for the Cathedral and its efforts. Dean of Worcester Cathedral, the very Reverend Peter Atkinson said, it is important to us that we can reopen these gardens for all visitors to enjoy and the first phase of our works will be to make the area safe for visitors to return to. On the fundraising page it says, Last month, an historic wall here at Worcester Cathedral collapsed in the heavy rain, causing damage to the nearby trees and surrounding area. The wall was a retaining wall that supports the terracing in our beautiful West Gardens. We have launched our It's Not Just Another Brick in the Wall appeal to raise as much as possible to help rebuild it and ensure the preservation of the grounds and security of the area. You can dedicate your donation or include a message and these will be displayed on our virtual wall. Although you can't name the bricks in our real wall, please know that you're giving matters now more than ever. With your support, we will be able to put this right and keep the gardens secure 
and accessible to visitors and wildlife. Funds raised via the site will go towards the refurbishment with any surplus funds being used to support the cathedral's ongoing running and renovation costs wherever it is most appropriate. To donate to the fundraising appeal or to find out more information, go to https colon two forward slash visufund.com forward slash brick in the wall. Praise for county's hard work on jabs. The Health Secretary has praised Worcestershire for delivering one of the fastest vaccine rollouts in the country. In a video shared on Twitter on Saturday, Matt Hancock thanks the council, the NHS, GPs, pharmacists, hospitals, volunteers and Worcestershire's MPs for helping get the message out that the vaccine is the right thing. Mr Hancock said, I want to say a massive thank you to everybody across Worcestershire who's working so hard to deliver this vaccine. It is one of the fastest rollouts in the country and well above the national average. Almost half of all adults in Worcestershire have now been vaccinated and it's down to the hard work and collaboration between the council, the NHS and right across Worcestershire, including GPs and pharmacists and of course the hospitals. Massive thank you also to the volunteers and to my colleagues, the MPs across Worcestershire, who have helped to get the message out that this vaccine is the right thing. It's the right thing to take because it protects you, but it's also the right thing to protect Worcestershire and to help us all to get out of this pandemic. A total of 92,581 people have now received the first vaccine in Worcestershire and Herefordshire between December the 8th and February the 14th. A total of 245 people received their second COVID vaccine in the week up to February the 14th, according to the NHS data. Almost all of the people aged over 75 in Worcestershire and Herefordshire have received their first jab, according to the NHS data and Office for National Statistics population estimates. Worcester's 72-year-old Mayor Joe Hodges received her vaccine at the city's St John's Medical Centre on January the 23rd and praised staff for their efforts. She said, I was very relieved to be given my COVID vaccination and it didn't hurt at all. The staff and volunteers at the centre were so kind and thoughtful. A young man told me the enormous efforts the team makes to ensure there is zero wastage of the vaccine. Bosch supports New City Art Trail. Worcester Bosch is the latest company to sponsor an elephant for Worcester's big parade, having been a big part of the city's giraffe trail in 2018. Bosch has sponsored a large sculpture and funded two smaller elephants, which will be designed and decorated by community groups Purdisville Young People's Leisure Club and Onside Advocacy. Around 65 elephants, large and small, will go on display across the city for eight weeks this summer before each large sculpture is auctioned to raise money for St Richard's Hospice. The baby elephants will return to the schools and community groups which decorated them. Sue Pennington, Corporate Communications Manager at Worcester Bosch, said Worcester Bosch is a long-standing supporter of St Richard's Hospice. It's a cause which is very close to our team's heart. 
with many having experienced the hospice's work firsthand. We also have an interest in the arts and environment, so we're quick to get involved with the Worcester Stands Tall back in 2018 and loved being part of such a wonderful community event. In fact, we became so attached to our giraffe, Cameliondolis, that it still stands proudly in our reception today. When we heard about a second trail and the chance to sponsor a large elephant, plus two calves, which will enable community groups to be involved, it was a very easy decision to get on board again. We can't wait to play our part in another truly memorable arts event this summer. Each elephant sculpture is being funded by companies and individuals from across Worcestershire and beyond, with just a few sponsorship opportunities remaining. While all elephant calves have now been adopted by schools and community groups, a few large elephant sponsorships remain. Call 01905 763 963 or email smatthews@richards.org.uk. Now have a couple of information articles, one uh, concerning the council election. People across Worcestershire have been urged to register to vote in this year's county council elections. Ahead of the elections, which take place on May the 6th, anyone who wants to vote must be on their local electoral register. Abraham Ezekiel, returning officer for Worcestershire County Council said, the County Council elections take place every four years and all our 57 seats are due to be contested on Thursday, May the 6th. This means residents have the opportunity to choose who they want to represent them as their local County Councillor. However, you can only have your say if you are registered to vote. The last date for registration is April the 19th. If you have not received a poll card by Wednesday, April the 7th, please contact the Electoral Services Office at your local district council so that you don't lose your right to vote. For further information about the county council elections, please visit www.worcestershire.gov.uk slash elections and then uh, a note from the NHS which is warning people that the COVID-19 vaccine scams are prevalent in the area and they may ask you for your bank details and personal information. The NHS may text to say you can book an appointment for a COVID-19 vaccine but they will never ask for your bank details or any payment. Anyone who receives one of these scams is asked to report it to actionfraud.police.uk. Headway up for Team Award. A brain injury charity has been nominated for a Worcestershire Health and Social Care Award. Headway Worcestershire, which provides support to the 1,000 county residents who acquire a brain injury every year is in the running for the Health Care Team Award. Janice Hughes from Gregory Mills Street based charity said, it has been challenging for everyone at the moment, but as a delicate team, we have managed to support these most vulnerable people, encouraging them. As a team, 
We go above and beyond what is expected of us. We all trust each other, which has built strong bonds. We build each other up and strengthen individual members because we all trust each other. We feel safe, which allows us to come up with ideas and not be judged. We learn from each other and build skills to create more impressive results. There are 12 categories in our Health and Social Care 2021 awards. They are healthcare team, care hero, care home worker, care trainer, healthcare employer, domiciliary care worker, good nurse, adolescent and child health care, dementia carer, palliative end of life care, mental health award, and GP practice of the year. Sponsors include the University of Worcester, Sanctuary Care, Worcestershire Health and Care NHS Trust, Worcestershire County Council and Knight's Pharmacy. Michael Purton, the editor of Worcester News, Morven Gazette and Evesham Journal said, I would urge all of our readers to nominate an individual or team to show them how much you appreciate everything they do. Voting closes on April the 2nd and our panel of judges will choose the finalists who will be featured in our titles. Winners will be announced at a virtual awards ceremony on May the 27th. To nominate someone or a team for the awards, fill out a nomination form at worcesternews.co.uk forward slash awards forward slash WHSC hyphen awards hyphen 2021. A war memorial honouring the sacrifices of Worcestershire's first World War soldiers have been restored. The memorial to the men of the Worcestershire Regiment in Goulevelt, Belgium, has been restored to its proper condition by a team from the county. Richard Greenway, who offered his services as a landscape architect to redesign the site, said, Many thanks to the Commonwealth War Graves Commission, Mr Steve Hill and team, Craftspersons Mason, Mercian Regiment, Councillor Adrian Gregson, Zonebecki Mayor and officials, Worcestershire Ambassadors, Mark and Cathy Jackson and Greenway Landscape Architects for finishing the new Gouleveld slash Gouleveld Memorial in Belgium with new copings now having been fitted. These will weather to match the central plinth with a little time. I am absolutely delighted and planning a visit to pay my respects as soon as it is permitted due to travel restrictions for the COVID-19 pandemic. The memorial in the Belgian town commemorates the actions of the Worcestershire Regiment during the Battle of Mons on October the 31st, 1914, when the Germans broke through the Allied line near Gouleveld, Belgium, before a critical counter-attack by the Worcestershire Regiment restored the line. This was a crucial moment in the First Battle of Ypres, which saw more than 200,000 casualties on both sides. The memorial also contains the battle honours of the Worcestershire Regiment, making it the only memorial of the whole First World War campaign fought by many battalions of the regiment. As well as directly funding the new memorial, the Worcestershire ambassadors had planned fundraising throughout this year 
for the Royal British Legion and cycling to Ypres last week and an education programme in local schools. Unfortunately, these activities were cancelled due to COVID restrictions. Nevertheless, the Commonwealth War Graves Commission was able to bring the memorial near to completion in time for Gulevelt Day last week, and the Ypres branch of the RBL laid a wreath to commemorate the battle 106 years ago. It is hoped the Deputy Mayor of the Zonibeki will also be able to lay a wreath on Armistice Day. The Battle of Gulevelt, fought in the early stages of the First World War, saw 187 members of the 2nd Battalion, the Worcestershire Regiment, killed out of 370 who began the operation to retake the town. Despite these losses, the town was saved and the line restored. Treat for students with young families. Students with young families were given a boost over half term with boxes of treats provided by the University of Worcester Student Union. The union sent out 176 packages to University of Worcester students containing entertaining activities and treats. The packages were developed following the creation of the new student-led Mature Parents and Carers Network and were aimed at students who are studying at home and grappling with homeschooling and young children at home at the same time. The packages included activity packs, colouring books, colouring pens and pencils, candles, a bath bomb and some healthy and sweet snacks, along with information on how students can access support from both the university and the Students' Union during this time. Tish Manning, Vice President of Student Activities at the Students' Union, who organised the Care Packages Scheme, worked with Jack Moore, Student Engagement Coordinator, to source everything for the boxes and put them together. Aldi Supermarket on Bath Road, Broomall, also donated £30 worth of items. Happy birthday to the Worcestershire Breast Unit. It's five years since the Worcestershire Breast Unit opened its doors and in that time the unit, based on site at the Worcestershire Royal Hospital, has helped thousands of Worcestershire women and in the county with a breast cancer diagnosis. Throughout COVID-19, the unit has continued to support those impacted by breast cancer and patients are still being seen in the unit. Approximately 800 women and seven men are affected by breast cancer each year in Worcestershire and the Worcestershire Breast Unit charity is there to help each and every one. The charity works very closely with the NHS breast care team in the unit, providing mastectomy bras to those in need. Online therapies such as Pilates and mindfulness, running regular live question and answer sessions with breast cancer specialists and maintaining direct support with those who need it via phone and messaging and our monthly support group. To support the Worcestershire Breast Unit for its fifth birthday, people can make a five related donation. £5, £15, £25, £50 and so on. Via the fifth birthday frenzy Just Giving campaign at justgiving.com slash campaign. Police investigate gun left in woods. Police are appealing for witnesses after a shotgun was found in a wooded area in Holt Heath, Worcester. 
West Mercia police officers are asking members of the public to try and recall whether they spotted anyone acting out of character in the area in January. It is unclear where the firearm has come from and officers are making inquiries to try and establish who the owner is. The shotgun was found on Wednesday the 6th of January 2021 at around 10.30am in the area of Holt Castle Drive. Detective Inspector Tony Garner from Worcester CID said the recovery of this shotgun is an isolated incident and local residents should not be concerned regarding the discovery. We are appealing to the public to come forward and speak to us about the shotgun if they believe they have any information which may assist with our investigation. This area is known for walkers and dog walkers and we are interested in speaking to people in the area around this time. We are asking people to cast their memory back to see if they can recall anyone acting out of character in the area around the day of the discovery. There is a possibility the shotgun may have been there before January and we'd like to hear from anyone who might have information to assist us. Firearms offences are low in the West Mercia area and we would like to reassure the public that these incidents are rare. Anyone with information is asked to contact police via the West Mercia website quoting Op Goldstone or you can call 101. Alternatively, call Crime Stoppers on 0800 treble 5 treble 1. Plan for Zero Carbon City. The Council's master plan to help the city become carbon neutral by 2030 has been revealed. Worcester City Council's carbon neutral plan includes helping poorer families to insulate homes and grants for small community groups to help them take action to reduce the city's carbon footprint. The Council's Environmental Sustainability Action Plan contains 23 measures to be taken over the next two years towards the aim of becoming carbon neutral. The City Council's declared a climate emergency in 2019 with a commitment to becoming carbon neutral by 2030. Steps will also be made to reduce the carbon footprint of all the Council's major buildings, as well as promote walking and cycling and boost rapid charging points for electric vehicles. Environment Committee Chair Councillor Joy Squires said, Our vision is for Worcester to be a carbon neutral city with a transformation in how we use our resources. We also want our city to be resilient and the impact of the changing climate and to protect and enhance the city's biodiversity. The Council is aiming to lead by example as well as offer support. A woman accused of murdering her mum in Worcester could face trial in January next year, but first must be seen by a psychiatrist. Jessica Crane appeared over video link from Eastwood Park at Worcester Crown Court, accused of the fatal stabbing of 69-year-old Janet Mason. The 49-year-old of Hillside Close, Worcester, is accused of murder following the death of Miss Mason in Green Lane off Rainbow Hill on Tuesday, March the 9th. The defendant appeared on a screen in Court 3 wearing a Covid mask and spoke only to confirm her name and that she could hear clearly. Richard Atkins, appearing for the Crown, also over link, 
and Nicholas Berry appeared in person on behalf of Crane. The case was heard by Judge James Burbage QC, Worcester's most senior judge and the only sitting Worcester judge able to hear murder cases. Also appearing in court was a probation officer, an instructing solicitor and a detective. Mr Berry said, we wish to explore the mental health of Miss Crane by the commissioning of a psychiatric report. Inquiries have already been made with Dinesh Maganti, a consultant forensic psychiatrist, who is due to see the defendant on April the 29th this year. The report could be available by May the 27th this year. A plea and trial preparation hearing was identified for June the 7th this year. Judge Burbage asked for a summary of the issues in the case and added, there is no contest that, that, that it was your lay client who caused the death. Mr Berry answered no. A trial date of January 31st next year was also identified. Any trial is expected to last two weeks. The judge did raise the possibility that the case could be heard elsewhere outside Worcester. Crane was remanded in custody until the next hearing. Tributes to Fire Officer. Tributes have been paid to a former senior firefighter who has died. Former colleagues and friends paid tribute to Stu Krebin after a Facebook post from Hereford and Worcester Fire and Rescue Service. In the post they said, it is with great sadness that Hereford and Worcester Fire and Rescue Service announced the tragic and untimely death of one of our senior commanders following his brave fight against cancer. Thoughts are with his family who we will remain in close contact with and observe their wishes during this difficult time. A number of former colleagues paid tribute to their friend with one saying, an absolute gent and a fine officer. He helped me out personally with my studies for which I've always been grateful. My condolences to his family and so sad so soon after his recent promotion. Stand easy. Another said, I am gutted and truly saddened. He was a great officer. I worked very closely with him for a few months and his enthusiasm, work ethic and individualism was top class, so much so that he was headhunted by a central government department for a project. Deepest sympathies to his family, friends and loved ones, RIP. In 2020, Mr. Cribbin took part in a charity walk in Wales for the firefighters charity. This was following his cancer diagnosis and his experience of PTSD, which he spoke candidly about. He and his colleagues raised more than £11,000 for the charity while walking for 10 peaks of the Bracken Beacons. The challenge took place on August the 10th and he supported the team at checkpoints and ferrying equipment as they covered 89 kilometres and ascended 4,800 metres to climb 10 peaks over a 24-hour period. This is a fantastic charity which is helping me and many others get through some extremely difficult times, he said at the time. Trust bosses deny ignoring midwives. Hospital bosses have denied they failed to listen to concerned staff following a damning inspection into the county's maternity services. Worcestershire Acute Hospital's NHS Trust was accused of smugness over its response to an inspection which found concerning staffing issues at Worcestershire Royal Hospital and that midwives did not feel comfortable raising concerns. 
Bromsgrove councillor Kit Taylor said he was concerned and disturbed by the results of the inspection and accused NHS bosses of smugness over their failure to accept responsibility for the problems highlighted in the CQC's report. Councillor Taylor said women giving birth in the county's hospitals should be given a Rolls-Royce rather than a Mondeo service, adding that the issues made it clear that concerned staff were not being listened to. Has there been a leadership acknowledgement of a leadership failure, he said? If you've got staff that are saying morale is low and a lot of staff are saying there is a problem, somebody somewhere is not listening to them. The nurses who are at the sharp end should be listened to and I don't really think there is a great deal of listening to, he told Worcestershire County Council's Health Overview and Scrutiny Committee on Wednesday, March the 10th. The report of the Care Quality Commission, CQC, based on an inspection in December, downgraded the hospital's maternity services from safe to requires improvement. Following the inspection, highlighting that around a quarter of staff had not completed mandatory training. The unannounced inspection came after several members of staff blew the whistle over safety in the department. The report did say that staff at the hospital worked as a team to give mothers and babies good care and had effective prevention and control measures for infection. Vicky Morris, the Trust's Chief Nursing Officer, accepted that staff were under pressure and that improvements could be made in some areas, but dismissed Councillor Taylor's claim that the hospital's leadership had failed. There are absolutely areas where we can make improvements, but making a generic statement that they have failed is not the position. And actually, we have made sure that services have been safe throughout this time, she told the committee. It is absolutely important that as leaders at all levels, accept where issues have fallen down. And I think what I was trying to put across is that in listening to the concerns, then absolutely actions were taken each and every day with the systems and processes that were in place. However, what wasn't happening as well as it could have been was actually feeding back to the staff about what actions were being taken to ensure that we met the minimum staffing levels. Were staff under pressure during that period of time? Yes, they were. They were anxious about making sure they were providing the best service for mothers and families, and that is what they were concerned about. Each and every time we made sure that we met those safe staffing levels and that the actions we were doing to make sure that we did were not fully understood by all members of the team and that is the leadership challenge and the lessons that we need to demonstrate. The county's maternity service was last inspected in June 2018 and was rated good overall by the CQC. Worcestershire Acute Hospitals NHS Trust's overall rating remains unchanged as requires improvement following the December inspection. The Hospital Trust was moved out of special measures in September last year after nearly five years. The Trust was told it must make improvements which include listening to staff, monitoring staffing levels and reporting and learning from all incidents. The Trust added 
that the drop in the rating of its maternity service was disappointing, but changes had already been made to address staffing issues before the inspection. Ten new midwives will be recruited by the end of February, the Trust said. Traveller's site could still be built in the city. A landowner has said he will continue to fight to turn a patch of land on the edge of the city into a traveller's site, despite being snubbed by the council. A sign mysteriously appeared on the land next to the busy Broomall Way next mo last month, claiming the site was being put forward as part of a call for new traveller sites in the city, leading to Worcester City's dismissing claims it would be considered having ruled it would be unsafe. Landowner Roger Letham, who was responsible for putting up the sign, said he will not be stopping in his mission to create the traveller site. Mr Letham said he had put up the sign advertising the land as a potential traveller site so the public would not be misinformed about his plans. We feel this is the best option to utilise the land, otherwise we'll be plagued by illegal trespasses forever and a day, he said. There is no alternative use. Traveller sites will create uncertainty and suspicion, but what are we talking about now is a regulated site with nearby facilities that takes away the availability for the site to be regularly invaded by illegal trespassers who cause disruption and concern to the local residents in St Peter's and police alike. Mr Letham disagrees with highways officers at Worcestershire County and said it was implausible that 10 traveller pitches on an almost six acre piece of land would cause traffic problems or safety issues. He said he could not understand how the council was so against a handful of travellers pitches when hundreds of cars were regularly allowed to visit the Ketch car boot site not far from the proposed traveller site. Just because a road is dueled, it does not inherently make it unsafe, he added. Consequently, we thought of taking this opportunity of denying illegal travellers to trespass by putting forward the site for permanent pitches. The site will be regulated, but in smaller numbers than the 35 to 40 caravanners who normally trespass and would be a welcome opportunity for the entire community. Plans for several new traveller sites across the south of the county were put forward in January, but did not include any locations in Worcester. Worcester County Council said officers had completed a detailed appraisal of the site of Broomall Way and had rejected it because of the considered unsafe proposed access. Currently, the sites would be built in Evesham, Upton, Aldington and Badsey near Evesham if the plans were approved. Malvern Hills, Worcester and Witchhaven councils need to provide 67 traveller pitches by 2030 to meet demand. Witchhaven needs to provide 37 pitches but has already approved 21 since 2019. Mr Letham said the traveller site in St Peter's would fall within the Worcester city boundary addressing the city council's need to find a new traveller site as well as fulfil need for space for travellers in the southwest urban extension. A spokesman for the City Council said, the landowner is entitled to submit an application for planning permission. The application would be determined on its merits and whether it is in accordance with policies and proposals contained within the South Worcestershire Developmental Plan. It would be considered alongside other relevant policies 
and regulations, including those pertaining to transport and highway safety, noise and air quality. The views of consultees would also be fully taken into account. St Peter's County Council, Steve Mackay, remained opposed and agreed with council officers that using the A440 to access the site would be unsafe. There hasn't been a planning application for this at all and it was a site that was put in at the last minute and Worcester City Council have looked at the issues surrounding the site and obviously its location, he said. I am minded to agree with them in so far that it does seem in a rather unsuitable place right next to a dual carriageway with access that would appear to me be a problem. I wouldn't be in favour of the site of this particular location. Traffic entering and leaving a dual carriageway that is proposed 60 miles per hour doesn't really seem safe to me. Music has such a unique power. Musicians from across the county are coming together to encourage well-being through song with a new project, Music for the Soul. The project was launched by H.J. Colston Inge, founder of Welfare for Healthcare, which raised £10,000 during the March lockdown last year to fund care packages for the Worcestershire Acute Hospitals Trust. Her new project is dedicated primarily as a sign of thanks to key workers in the NHS. New music stimulated by the project will be aired regularly on BBC Hereford and Worcester and published on YouTube. It became apparent during conversations that NHS staff are suffering from PTSD due to the ongoing and challenging conditions of working under COVID. This sounded just too awful said Mrs Colston Inge, who is the wife of the Bishop of Worcester. The hospitals are so concerned for their staff and trying to find novel ways to support well-being that it made, made me reflect on what makes me feel good and alive. I realise that it's, it is often music that reaches deep into my soul. Established and grassroots artists, as well as music, a school music departments, have been inspired by this new public performance platform. They are currently denied due to COVID, including Grace Shepherd, a former student at Worcester Sixth Form College. She said, as soon as I was asked to be involved in this project, I knew straight away it was going to be something really special. Music has a unique power to bring us together wherever we might be in life and whatever battles we're facing. Music for the soul takes us to another place, makes us stop, think and lose ourselves for a few moments when life is tough. I'm really honoured to be part of this project and I want to thank HJ for her inspiration and hard work in making it happen. Relief as city works are finally finished. Controversial roadworks in Worcester have finally ended, providing some much needed relief for embattled residents in the area. The westbound section of the St John's roadworks, which were ongoing since last year, were finally concluded over the weekend, having seen the area closed off for several months. Photos from Worcestershire County Council Highways Department show the new pavements near Bromwich Lane with the A44 now open westbound. In addition, Bromwich Lane is now open, the permanent traffic lights are now on and bus services are running again. The completion of the work came as a relief as St John's councillor Richard Uddle 
had been critical of it in recent months. He said, there is absolute delight in St John's that the work has now been completed and the road is once again open for business. It has been a nightmare for the past ten, nine months. Shops and residents have faced considerable problems. Now it's finished, we will be able to judge if the misery has been worthwhile. I have my doubts and I have already received a number of comments from concerned residents. We'll have to evaluate the works to see if any changes are needed and to consider if it's been worth the money and misery. We still need better pedestrian and cycling facilities and a pedestrian crossing on Henwick Road, but at the moment we should enjoy the rest and celebrate the peace. Councillor Alan Amos from Worcestershire County Council said, I am delighted this major project is now up and running, delivered ahead of schedule and on budget. It has transformed the working and appearance of a large part of St John's by greatly improving traffic flow and by reducing congestion, delays and air pollution. It has also significantly improved pedestrian safety with a brand new controlled crossing near the Bullring and a wider and safer crossing on Henwick Road which can accommodate wheelchairs, mobility scooters and wide buggies plus an enhanced crossing by the church, as well as lovely new high quality block paved footways all around, improving pedestrian safety and appearance. Councillor Amos went on to thank residents of St John's for their patience and forbearance while the work took place. Most of it, he added, done to minimalise the disruption during lockdown when traffic was at its lowest and there was access to every shop and business throughout the works I hope people can now see how this scheme has improved that part of St John's. Lifesavers are thanked. Residents have thanked NHS staff for their hard work and dedication one year on from the first COVID patient being admitted to hospital in the county. A post on the Worcestershire Acute Hospitals NHS Trust Facebook page on March the 11th said, one year ago today, we admitted the first patient with COVID-19 to our hospital. Since that day, we've seen more than 3,000 patients with coronavirus, with the majority discharged home to their families. But the virus has not gone away, and although there are signs of hope, our staff are still working flat out to provide the best care for patients with and without COVID. More than 100 comments were left on the post by residents praising the job that has been done by staff over the last year. Nigel Sim, who was admitted to hospital with the virus, thanked the trust for saving his life. He said, as one of your earlier patients, it's been almost a year since my first admission. Thank you so much to all of you for saving my life. Ros Lockley said, thank you. The dedication, remarkable hard work and continued commitment from your team never ceases to amaze us. You are all absolute stars. Thank you from all at the Wolf Care Home. Annie Milner said, thank you is not enough. There are not enough words to express my gratitude for your experience and care. Karen Fenton added, never underestimate the esteem in which you are held and the heartfelt gratitude for everything you do. Not only throughout this pandemic, but each and every single day. Lynette Hodges said, it's been a horrendous year for us all, but more so for you on the front line. 
Well, you've been amazing. And I sincerely hope it's going to be a lot more gentle for you all now. Keep well and safe and thank you. In response to the plethora of comments, the Trust responded saying, Thank you to each and every one of you who has shown us such support over the last year. You've made a huge difference to our staff. Junie Taylor said, All deserve medals and a decent pay rise to reflect all your dedication and hard work. The Acute Hospitals Trust covers Worcestershire Royal Hospital, Evesham Community Hospital, as well as the Alexandra Hospital in Redditch and Kidderminster Hospital. We now have a couple of sports items. Basketball Worcester Wolves 75, Sheffield Sharks 74. Worcester Wolves win again at home to Sharks. Worcester Wolves grab their fourth win on the bounce after edging past Sheffield Sharks on a 75-74 nail-biter on Friday. Wolves' visit to South Yorkshire looked comfortable as they eased into a 41-31 half-time cushion before Sharks shook things up in a heart-stopping final few moments. Jordan Ratineau sank his fourth three-pointer to put Sheffield 74-73 to the good with just seven seconds to play, prompting Worcester coach Matt Newby to call for a timeout to draw up a potential game-winning reply. Lamar Kimball calmly reversed the lead but a couple of seconds still remained on the game clock. After taking their turn for a timeout, the hosts found their German centre, Bennett Koch, who just failed to convert from beneath the basket. Sometimes you have to be satisfied with an ugly win, admitted Newby. Sheffield never went away and made it difficult for us at the end. After our timeout, we got Lamar the ball and he did what good players do and created his own shot. They went to knock Koch on their inbound and we showed resilience at the right time to get the stop. It wasn't our best performance but we've managed to grind a victory against one of the league's top five teams. A back and forth start to the evening saw a 10-10 tie after six minutes had elapsed. Micah Elan stepped off the bench to score on his opening touch and Elijah Burns similarly sparked in his initial moments providing assistance for Martin Bukonet and Jordan Williams. Burns swiped the ball out of Knox's hands to set up a Josh McSwiggan triple in his first game back from injury and a 22-15 Wolves lead as the quarter, second quarter began. The visitors' half-time control wavered as they adjusted to Bauket's absence from the court after accumulating three pre-interval fouls. A quick-fire spell of long-distance successes hauled Sharks back into contention, drawing level at 48-48 by midway through the third quarter. It would take until the fifth minute of the last period for Worcester to connect from the field with the scoreboard level once more at 62-62. Kimball and Bowkett fired in from the outside to match Sheffield's sharpshooters ahead of the thrilling finale. Kimball Bowkett and Burns provided a 15-14-13 point scoring punch with Williams tallying 11. Wolves faced bottom of the league Glasgow Rocks on Sunday evening and you can find a report online on Monday. Ten in a row, basic errors prove costly 
as late penalty sees Irish condemn warriors to tenth straight loss. Jonathan Thomas admits his side are potentially trying too hard following Worcester's narrow 2017 defeat at London Irish on Sunday afternoon. Warriors enjoyed 70% possession in the first half, but numerous handling errors prevented them from taking advantage of dangerous positions. Irish showed the visitors the efficiency they lacked and raced into the 17-3 half-time lead as a result. Worcester rallied well in the second half to draw level at 17-17, thanks to tries from Centurion Niall Annett and Justin Clegg, before a late monster penalty kick from Paddy Jackson sealed the win. They scored two tries against the run of play. We had 70% possession and territory which tells you all you need to know, said Thomas. Previously as a team, it isn't often we win the possession and territory counts. So our ability to maintain possession was good at times and I think there was a huge amount of good in our game. The ability to be relentless, to keep going throughout. They played their hearts out for each other. I think the big thing is our handling. The error count in that department was 18 turnovers from handling. We're working hard on it in training with different constraints, putting them under fatigue and pressure. It's something we've been working them on hard, so obviously it's disappointing. The players are really gutted at the moment because in the last few weeks it's been the same narrative. We've come up short in games that we should have won. That's life sometimes. None of us want to be in this position and we're saying the same things each week. We're working incredibly hard, but it is what it is. We have to be better in those crucial moments. Thomas was keen to emphasise the work going on at training during the week, but also appreciated the defensive effort from London Irish. It could be that we are trying too hard, he added. We practice it so much in training. It's all about your fine motor skills, and that's probably the first thing that goes, under stress and fatigue. You have to give credit to London Irish. They were immense in defence and did so for a huge amount of that game. Our theme for the week was to be relentless, and that's what we were today. Despite being down 17-3 at half-time, Thomas challenged his side to remain relentless. At half-time, nothing changed, he added. The whole thing is about being relentless. It might take 60 minutes for that dam to burst. So I said to the players to stick in there, work hard, and the main message was to make sure our fundamentals were good. They improved second half, but unfortunately we didn't convert in the second half. They are all proud to pull on the shirt and represent their club. They're working their hearts out, but unfortunately it is what it is. Sport is all about confidence. You look at Wales at the moment, they're on for a Grand Slam next week after they were scratching around for a win in the autumn. It's all about the top two inches. Worcester faced Bath at the wreck in the next round, looking to end a run of 10 straight Premiership defeats. 
as they look to move off the bottom of the table. That is the end of our contribution for this week. And it just remains for myself and Ian to say, keep safe. And until next time, goodbye. Goodbye. And lastly, the obituaries. Margaret Winifred Rennie passed away at Cheltenham General Hospital on November the 25th, 2020, aged 81 years. Funeral service was held at Great Malvern Priory in December 2020. Inquiries to F.W. Spilsbury Funeral Director, Malvern. Harold Ernest Hardwick passed away peacefully on the 20th of February, aged 96 years. A private family funeral will take place at Worcester Crematorium on Monday the 22nd of March 2021. Donations for St Richard's Hospice may be left in donation box provided or sent to AV Band Funeral Directors. Trevor Alfred Derek Price of Littleworth passed away peacefully on February the 21st, 2021 at Pershaw Hospital. A private service will take place at the Vale Crematorium Fladbury on Monday 15th of March at 11am. No flowers please. Donations in Trevor's memory to Age UK Worcester may be sent to E Hill and Sons Funeral Directors Pershaw. Colin Howard Jones passed away on February 22nd, 2021. Due to the current restrictions, a private service will take place at the Vale Crematorium Library. Jane Ventura died peacefully at St Richard's Hospice on the 22nd of February, 2021. Due to COVID-19 restrictions, a private funeral service will take place on Thursday the 18th of March 2021 at St Martin's Church, London Road and will be followed by internment at Astwood Cemetery. For those wishing to pay their last respects, the funeral cortege will leave from Worcester Fire Station at 12.40pm and will travel past Jane's home at 12.45pm and entering the top end of London, London Road at 12.50pm. Family flowers only please, but donations if desired for St Richard's Hospice may be sent to the charity or care of Bedwardine Funeral Services. Pamela Davis, nay Savage, passed away at home on 23rd of February 2021. Funeral service on Tuesday 23rd of March at St Augustine's Church, Droitwich at 10am. All flowers welcome. Care of George Crump and Sons Funeral Directors. David Edward Price passed away peacefully on February the 25th, 2021. A private funeral service to take place at Worcester Crematorium in due course. Donations to Cancer Research UK. St. Care of Bedwardine Funeral Services. Peter Wright passed away on February the 26th, age 96, a private funeral service to take place at Lower Broadheath Church in due course. Family flowers only, with donations to the Friends of Christchurch Broadheath, 
sent care of Bedwardine Funeral Services, Worcester. Pat Hidden of Eckington, on February the 26th, a private service will take place at Cheltenham Crematorium on Tuesday the 16th of March at 12.30. Donations for St Richard's Hospice may be sent to E. Hill and Son, Pershaw. Francis Roy Gray, known as Roy, on Monday, March the 1st, private family funeral. Michael Stock, on Tuesday the 2nd of March, aged 89, family flowers only, donations for St Richard's Hospice, care of Worcester Funeral Services, Kilbury Drive, Worcester. Douglas Garrard, aged 95 on the 3rd of March. A small private funeral will be held at St Andrew's Church, Ombersley on Friday the 19th of March at 11am. Covid has restricted the funeral numbers, but the funeral will be streamed and all are welcome to attend virtually. Details of the streaming together with arrangements if anyone wishes to make a donation in his memory, will be provided at www.douglas-garrard-funeral.com as soon as they are available. June Benassi, nay Fido, on the 5th of March. Jean Rose, nay Brown, Brown, died on 6th of March in Wellington, Somerset. Inquiries 01905 357 541. Peter, known as Pete, Desha, passed away after a long illness. Um, his funeral service will take place at Worcester Crematorium on Tuesday the 23rd of March. Family flowers only by request, but donations, if desired, may be sent to St Richard's Hospice. A donation box will also be available at the service.